0: A very special welcome to our City Builders online service this morning, it's wonderful to have you back with us again. Not only are we living in unprecedented times, but there are amazing things that are happening not only in our community and region, but around the world. And I know that there are those that have been watching who have been touched and changed through these messages. It's nice to hear the feedback. In this last couple of months since the nations were suddenly shut down, we have encountered two very important feasts in the Hebrew calendar. These feasts are a very important part of the Orthodox Jewish life and are celebrated each year. But there is something very special about Passover and Pentecost 2020. This last few weeks I've been talking about the power and the purpose of Pentecost. It's important that we understand the "what and the "why, and my message this Sunday is about the Holy Spirit and in you. Uh Sorry, the Holy Spirit and you," which is part of that series. We've been talking about how these special seasons of Pentecost and Passover relate and even point prophetically to the times that we are living in. These are actually prophetic signposts. These last few weeks are excellent messages to refer back to because they give us not only an accurate perspective of the times that we live in, but also an incredible hope of a better future. Because in every season, even if it looks like things are going down, God is at work and I want to encourage you with that. Now. Today, you would be forgiven for thinking that world has gone absolutely crazy. And uh, I think it has in a lot of ways. But I can assure you that we are living in the times and the seasons of God. And uh, with that in mind, before we start this message, I'd like us all to pray together today. Father, we thank you for this season of Pentecost that we've just come through. What an incredible time in history it was. When the heavens opened over the upper room, over 120 who were gathered in one place and in one accord, looking for you, looking for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that right throughout the nations in this season, you are indeed pouring out your Spirit again. Father, I pray for every person who's watching this morning, Lord God, that your Spirit would touch them. Lord God, I pray that your spirit would invade each lounge room. Father, every home, every place where people are gathered to watch this message, Father, I pray that you would visit there today. And not only that, Lord God, I thank you that you are going to visit churches, and you are going to visit cities, and you are going to visit regions. Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Following his crucifixion and resurrection... And before he ascended into heaven, Jesus instructed his disciples in Acts chapter 1. He said to them, do not depart, but wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1 verse 5, it says, and these are the, uh, the words of Jesus. He said, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And in his discussion with the disciples with regard to restoration of the kingdom of Israel, Jesus informed his disciples like this. He said, it is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father, in other words, God the Father has put under his own authority. But you shall receive power, Junimus." You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In the next chapter, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4, we see the fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And it was uh, open heaven and it was an outpouring. Over 120 disciples that were gathered together. The unprecedented outpouring was the release of the promise of the Father onto the church. This was the birthing of the church. Before that, the church had been seen prophetically in the Old Testament. In uh, Genesis chapter 28, we see it prophetically there. We see the church in the wilderness, which was led by Moses. We see the church being revealed uh, to, to Peter in, Acts cha- in Matthew chapter 16. But now everything is coming together and the real game is starting. And this is the birthing of the church. True followers were gathered in the upper room. Now I'll tell you, whenever there are true followers gathered together in one place and in one accord, something supernatural can happen. And I really believe that uh, we, are, we have a wonderful future ahead, despite the things that are going on in our lives. Some may have lost jobs, and some may have experienced difficulty, and we don't always know what is coming ahead. But I believe that as a community of believers, that this church is, although we were meeting uh, on the internet this morning, is in a sense gathered in one place and in one accord, And God can do something, even through the camera this morning. So true followers were gathered there. In this experience, disciples were gathered in the upper room and they were transformed in a moment and the destiny of nations was changed and set on course. After the initial shockwaves from that very room, Simon became Peter, who was previously known to be all over the place. He stood up and he made the most incredible speech to a potentially hostile crowd. And these are the words that he said from Acts chapter 2, verse 36 to 39. He said, Let all the house of Israel know that assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that is what this morning is all about because God has promised the Holy Spirit to his church today just as he did to the disciples in the upper room. And it says in Acts chapter 2 verse 39, Peter highlighted these words and he said, For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off and as many as our Lord God shall call. This is amazing. The incredible transformation of Peter's life and the life of the other disciples is well recorded and testifies to not only the reality but the power and the purpose of Pentecost. You see, Peter was a man who wanted to do the right thing, just as you are, and just as you are, and just as I am. And uh, he didn't always get it right. His life went up and it went down. He was known to be an impetuous uh, follower of Christ. But initially, he became a witness to the resurrection of Christ, And secondly, his life was completely transformed when he was endowed with power from on high in the upper room. And the promise, I want to bring you back to the promise this morning. The promises of God's word can be relied upon. And the word says in Acts chapter 2, for the promise, in other words, what Peter received into his own life, that was so transformational. That promises to you today, and I want to read those words again. For it says, "The promise is to you and your children, and to uh, all who are far off." Surely that speaks to us, nearly two thousand years ago, in a place called Gippsland. So, uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and you. Because the promise that Peter was talking about wasn't only to the disciples back in the upper room. It wasn't only to that generation. But as this verse says, the promise is to you. In other words, Peter and the disciples in that generation. But to the next generation. And to the next generation. And to ever who our God shall call. And I want you to know that you were called by God this morning. And you were called to God. And that God has a purpose for your life. And, uh, you know, God wants to bring you further in your relationship with him. And he wants to, like Peter, he wants to endow you with power from on high. And like those disciples in the upper room. So I want to say to you this morning, this promise is for you. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and it is for those that are close to you and it is for those who are going to follow on for you just as the word says. This morning I and I'm sure God our Father in heaven want you to know this truth. We want you to own it. I feel like I'm speaking alongside I'm speaking under the authority of my Heavenly Father and I'm saying that He wants you to, uh, to experience this, the great Holy Spirit. He wants you to receive Him into your life. So you can receive Jesus as your Savior. That is an amazing, incredible step. But the next step is to receive the Holy Spirit into your life, to experience His power so that now you can live the Christian life the way that He intended you to do. So if you can capture the spirit of what I'm saying... You will enter the most beautiful season in your life. And I want to say to you that these can be and will be the days of heaven on earth. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit and you. In this life, you will have challenges. Life is not always going to be easy. But those who want to really follow God, you will certainly have challenges. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, don't be surprised if you have tribulation. Uh, This is, you know, you will have testings and you will have challenges. For those who don't want to follow God yet, you will even have greater challenges. These are unprecedented times and there are unprecedented epidemics spreading through the nations that are far more destructive and dangerous, and lethal, than COVID-19. There is an epidemic of brokenness in the nations. There is an epidemic of broken families. There is an epidemic of fear that is going through the nations. To me, COVID-19 is just another name. And Jesus has been exalted into the heavens, and the Bible says now in Philippians chapter 2, that he has the name that is above every other name. And it says that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. COVID-19 and every other epidemic that hits the nations is temporary. But Jesus rules in the heavens. He is seated on the throne beside the Father today, and he rules from the heavens. And he is greater, and I want you to know it, he is greater than COVID-19, and he is greater than any other epidemic that is sweeping the earth at this time. So, I want to just bring to you a couple of significant points about the Holy Spirit and in you, because I think one of the most amazing things, that the Holy Spirit is the part of God, the dimension of God that you will relate to while you walk this earth. Now, I want to explain this, that the Father, our Father, is in heaven. And Jesus has now walked the earth, and he's, uh, he's walked and lived a sinless life. He's gone to the cross, and he has shed sinless blood, and he has redeemed the nations by the power of his blood. And, and we know that history tells the story and records it well, and it is well documented, well um, uh, witnessed, and it is evidence that demands a verdict that Jesus walked the earth, shed his blood on the cross, uh, laid his life down for you and me. But on the third day, he rose from the dead, as the prophet said. And And the word is fulfilled, and the nations have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. But now he is there, and when he went into the heavens he has uh, uh, prayed to the father and the father has poured out his spirit on the ho- on the church and now the holy spirit is on the earth wherever you have a believer in the lord jesus christ the holy spirit is near amen so let's talk about this because there are many many epidemics that are uh, touching the earth. There is an epidemic of broken families. There is an epidemic of, uh, of mental illness. These are serious um, epidemics, but Jesus has made the Holy Spirit available, and he is able to deal with those things. And that's where I'm coming for, from on this first point. And it's in uh, John chapter 14, uh, verse 16. Firstly, the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. Number one point. Uh, Jesus said, I'm, g- I'm going to pray the Father and he will send you another helper or a comforter that he may abide with you forever. Abide is like uh, be with, live with, be there, maintain a presence. And this is the promise That Jesus said, he said, I've got to leave you because there is the helper must come. The spirit of truth must come and he is going to abide with you and he's going to be with you forever. I want to say this this morning. You'll never be alone again after you have received the Holy Spirit into your life. I want to say this to people who are lonely. Aloneness is about to come to an end. Do you know what? Over the years, I have been on my own. And I've fought some battles on my own. But I've never been alone because the Holy Spirit is with me and he lives on the inside of me. And this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus uh, was about ready to, uh, to leave planet Earth, his words are recorded in Matthew 28 and he gave the disciples their mandate which is international and intergenerational and he said go into all the world and make disciples teaching them to obey what i've told you and he says and i will be with you till the end of the age now you'll find several uh, scriptures in the scripture uh, verses in the scripture like this that say that where jesus says i'm going to be with you forever i'm going to be with you i'm going to help you i'm going to lead you so even though jesus is in heaven seated at the right hand far above principalities and powers he is there with the father but right now the holy spirit has been poured out on the church and he is here with you today And if you just tune yourself into the reality of that point, you'll experience his presence. Do you know what I'll guarantee today after this service is over? If you go out and sit on the back porch, make yourself a cup of tea, go and sit out there with your Bible and your notebook and talk to the Holy Spirit, there will be a stillness and there will be a quietness that begins to come around you and will arrest your emotions. And this is how important it is to have the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and I want to reiterate one of the points I've been making over the last couple of weeks, which, which it's sort of like a, a bit of a weakness in our language because we call him the Holy Spirit. And, and it sort of, in a way, reduces the Holy Spirit to an energy or to an it. But there are three parts to God. And they are equally God. And they are united and they are one. There is God the Father who is in heaven. There is God the Son who is Jesus who is in heaven. And there is God the Holy Spirit who is on the earth. But they are perfectly one. They are in unity together and they are equally God. And this is the doctrine of the, uh, of the Trinity. So this morning, I want to say that the Holy Spirit's going to be with you forever. There is a great passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 48. It's right at the end of the book of Ezekiel. And it's about really the city of God. And it talks about, uh, you know, what the city will look like at at the end when God restores the nation and restores the city. And it says, all the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. This is Um, Ezekiel chapter 48 verse 35 it says all the way around shall be 18,000 cubics and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. In other words you know when we build our lives when we build our homes the way we should when we build our marriages the way that we should God will be there. Can you imagine that as we work together, as we co-labor to build this church, as we co-labor, it's him that's building the church, but we are his co-laborers. If we build it in unity and we build it under God and under the Lordship of Christ, it is like a city. It is like this city that uh, is being talked about here where the word says the Lord is there. Do you know, you can walk into some homes... And there's just an incredible peace there, because God abides there. The Holy Spirit is there. He's been welcomed in. And this morning, you know, in your own way, I want you to begin to welcome into your home the Holy Spirit, the great Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, and He will come to you. The moment you raise your hands to Him and say, send your Holy Spirit, something's going to happen. This is the reality of Pentecost. So um, I think this is just so good. It's, It's really important that we get to know him. And it is up to us to get to know him because the Holy Spirit is there. And uh, in, the, in the scripture, it talks about how Jesus went to the Jordan to be baptized. And it said, the Holy Spirit came upon him and alighted upon him in bodily form, in the form of a dove. And this is the Holy Spirit. He's waiting for you to invite him in. He is a, he's, a, he's a gentleman. He is not going to come if you haven't invited him. If you are looking to Him and you are yearning to Him and you are praying to Him and you say, Come, Holy Spirit, and you are sincere in that prayer, I believe something is going to change in your life from this day forward. Number two, the Holy Spirit and you. The second point is the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in you. I want you to say that uh, after me this morning. The Holy Spirit will come and dwell in you. So, so now, let's personalise it. The Holy Spirit will come and dwell in me. This is an incredible miracle. Because, you know, a Pentecost was not just something that stopped in the upper room 2,000 years ago. Jesus poured out the promise of the Holy Spirit... And he came to live on the inside of the believers in that upper room. And when Paul wrote his epistles, he said to the believers, don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? And I want to encourage you with that this morning. This morning you might feel disconnected. You might feel estranged. You might feel lost. You might feel emotionally distant. You might feel confused. But this is what the Word of God says. Don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? And this is incredible, because every individual that you see, every individual that you pass on the way to church, every individual that you come in contact during the day, they are created for this purpose, to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, God dwelt in the tabernacle, he dwelt in the in the uh, in the temple. But in the New Testament, this amazing new covenant, this better covenant that the Bible talks about, you and I are the temple. And now he lives on the inside of us. And when God joins us together as a corporate uh, as a corporate organism, we become the living temple of the living God. We become the church of the living God in a city. The Holy Spirit will come and dwell on the inside of you. This is amazing. And as I'm saying it, I just get, whoa, what an incredible miracle this is. John 14, 7. So Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper and he will abide with you forever. But in verse 17, it says the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you will know him, because he dwells in you. He's with you and he dwells in you. Can I read it again? He's going to send you the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you will know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. That's pretty cool. God lives on the inside of me. You know, I can really get things done now because God has come to live on the inside of me. There is a lot of things years ago that I was said, never, 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 no way, I can't do that. But now the Holy Spirit has come onto the inside of me. He's made his home on the inside of me. And God and myself now are the majority. In fact, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And do you know how he strengthens me? He's actually living on the inside. I am a God man. I am not God. I am a man with God living on the inside. And that is the unique way that God created man and woman. So God says, I'm going to send you the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him, for he dwells with you and will dwell in you. So he's going to lead us, and he's going to lead us, the scripture says, he's going to lead you, he's going to dwell in you, he's going to lead you into all truth, and he's going to lead you into sonship. So the other part of this verse, the next part of this verse is very great where Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going and I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. And he's going to lead you. He's going to abide in you. He's going to live on the inside of you. But he now says to his disciples, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That's John 14.8. Isn't that an incredible promise? Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like it's just you and the world, have you ever felt disconnected? Then if you can realise what I'm beginning to say, if you can write this on the inside of your mind and your heart this morning... God can begin to turn everything around in your life because He did not ever intend you to be alone. He went into the heavens and He prayed to the Father and He said to the Father, Pour out the Holy Spirit on the church because I shed my blood for the church. And now that's what's happened, and the Holy Spirit is here for you. So I will not leave you, orphans, He says. God is not going to leave you an orphan. He has paid the price for your brokenness and your failure and your sin. And and in him, the Bible says, we have redemption through the blood, forgiveness of sins. Now we have been adopted into a family and God in heaven is our father. And he's poured out his spirit onto the inside of our hearts. And now we can cry out, Abba, Father. It's like there's no barrier between us and God. It's the spirit on the inside that is now crying out to God in heaven. And this is how we can know God so intimately and personally. You know, it is a personal relationship with God. Let me tell you this, that true Christianity is a personal relationship where you become a child of God where The price of your failures, your sin has been paid and you become a child of God. And as you begin to understand the heart of the Father in, in heaven, you can begin to cry out, Abba, Father, to Him. It's like every barrier is removed in your life, in your relationship with Him. This is wonderful. Number three this morning, the Holy Spirit will be the transformational power In your life, I'll say it again the Holy Spirit will be the transformational power in your life. You know, you just can't say to a person, change. You know, that's unfair. It's unfair to say to a person, you know, sometimes it is very, very unfair to say to a person, look, just get your act together. You know, you don't know what that person's been through, you don't know what the background is. You don't know the hurts and the failures and the betrayals have taken place quite often. But here Jesus comes along and time and time again, he intervenes in the life of individuals and their life turns around. You see it in John chapter 4 where the woman at the well has an encounter with Jesus and her life is totally broken and messed up. You can see and read about it there and Jesus has prophetic insight into her life. And I tell you why he has that insight is because he is a God who restores. And he explains to this woman, you know, it gets down to the bottom line and he says to her, God is a spirit. God is spirit and and the hour is coming when those that worship him or relate to him Must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, this is an account from 2,000 years ago, but I want you to know this is a word for us today. That we really are here. We are, uh, you know, we are spiritual people living in a natural world and we are called to relate to God in heaven. And there are so many people like this woman, this woman, who'd had so many men in her life and was so broken. But it is also remarkable that Jesus did not condemn her, but he showed her a pathway forward. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. When we begin to connect to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the great Holy Spirit, who was there the day that the heavens and the earth were created, he comes into our life and he begins to point us forward to Christ. And he begins to bring us to a place of restoration the Holy Spirit will be the transformational power in your life. I can honestly say this, you know, there are so many stories in our church that have never been told. And at the end of this service today, we want to tell you about one of them, about one young man who was totally lost in our city and how Christ began to come into his life. And he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, the great Holy Spirit that was there at creation, who was a co-creator with Father God and Jesus, set this young man free and changed his life. There are so many testimonies of changed lives in our church. And in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus promised to the disciples that you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, and he said to them, you are going to become, say that, you are going to become, My witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Anything that God touches, God turns around. Every time that Jesus intervenes, things are put back together again. And He's not here now, but His precious Holy Spirit is. And in Mark chapter 16, Jesus said to the disciples... These signs will follow those that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll lay their hands on the sick. They shall recover. You know, he, he, it's, it's like he is gone, but his spirit is here continuing the work on the inside of the believers. And, you know, it's amazing when people begin to connect, you know, with churches like this and with people like this. And you know, together we work to connect those people with God. Like that woman at the well, who had had five men in her life, but Jesus did not condemn her. He put her back together again. Number four this morning, the Holy Spirit will make the love of God abound in your heart. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the most wonderful experience, I believe, apart from salvation, that an individual can have. Jesus said, you know, John baptized with water, but I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And this is a greater baptism. And, you know, some amazing things that came with that. You know, we've had an unprecedented, sudden breakout in the nations of a plague. But in the upper room the Bible says they were gathered in one place and in one accord and suddenly something began to happen. You know, I really believe that God is into the suddenlies. And maybe at the end of today's service there's going to be a suddenly in your lounge room. Or maybe it's when uh, you're just walking around the lake after church and you have a suddenly, you have an encounter with God because the Bible says, and suddenly there was a sound of a great and, mu- and, and uh, rushing, great and mighty rushing wind into that room. This was the Holy Spirit breaking in. And tongues of fire uh, set upon each, each head and they were given the gift of tongues. The baptism in the Holy Spirit will give you a lot more than the gift of tongues. That's wonderful. That's a starting point. That is proof that the Holy Spirit has started to move in your life in a new way. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will give you a different motivation. Whenever the Holy Spirit touches you, your motivation changes. So you are either motivated by your own gifting, your own strength, or you're motivated by the Spirit of God. I believe right now there is a revolution happening in the earth. And I want to say this to you, that any revolution that happens where Jesus is not lifted up and exalted is going to end in great pain. And that is my incredible concern for this time we're in. But the scripture says, Now hope does not disappoint But the love of God has been poured out or shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. I will tell you this, that the proof that the Holy Spirit is at work on the inside of a believer is the manifestation of the love of God. You know, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And, uh, you know, he, all the law in the Old Testament was never done away with, but it was fulfilled in one law. And it's called the love law. But even we can't get love right unless God pours His Holy Spirit out on the church. If I could say this, the greater proof that God is at work in a man or woman's life, rather than the gifts of the Spirit or a great ministry... Is the motivation of love. Let me say it again. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and poured out on your life, there will be a greater capacity to love others. It'll be a capacity to be able to love others the way that Jesus has loved us. You know, Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you know what? Jesus was a witness for the Father. And he laid his life down. And this word witnesses, it says martyrs. In other words, you know, Jesus died for us. And I I don't believe that Jesus requires that we die for him a physical death because he's already done that. And the scripture says that we are a living sacrifice. But here the Bible says that you'd be my witnesses. The word actually means martyrs. Isn't that incredible? It's the ability to lay your life down. Firstly for God, but then secondly for your brothers and your sisters. And for those that God has called you to work with. This morning I believe that God is shedding his love abroad in the nations. Even though there is great trouble and there's great strife throughout the nations, you can see those who are of God because they have enough love to cross over. This is amazing. The Holy Spirit will make the love of God abound in your heart. Number five, the Holy Spirit will continually lead you. John chapter 16 verse 13. It says, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He's going to lead you into all truth. Hey, receive the Holy Spirit today. Don't fear Him. Invite Him into the, into, the, into the recesses of your life. Throw open the doors of your heart and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me with the Spirit of truth. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He's going to lead you. I want to say it again. The Holy Spirit will lead you. We need to make sure that the spirit of truth is leading this church. Because we are living in the age of universal deceit. We are living in a post-truth era. We are living in a, a season where it is offensive to speak forth the truth. But Jesus said, I'm going to lead you into all truth. Do you know what I believe? There will be a day coming. I'm not sure when that day is, but people will run to the house of God because they are no longer finding the truth in government. They are no longer finding the truth in media. They are no longer finding the truth in education. They are no longer finding the truth in, uh, in business. And they are running to the house of God because on the inside of us, people need to have the truth. And and Jesus said, I'm going to lead you into all truth. And he said in John chapter 8, the truth will set you free. And whoever has the Son will be set free absolutely. You know, I tell you what, some people... Uh, who don't understand what uh, church is all about, are saying, well, maybe, you know, church is not relative anymore. I tell you what, churches like this are becoming more and more relative because the church of the living God will become a pillar of righteousness and truth in every community where we have allowed God to uh, take his rightful place. And I tell you what, humanism and philosophy... And, the, and, the, and uh, you know, the nonsense that is going to go on is going to rule in the church or the, or the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is truth. You make your choice. And I was thinking about this afternoon that Jesus put right at the very beginning, in the, in the start of Genesis, two trees in the garden, the tree of life, representing Jesus, representing the Holy Spirit, representing life representing the spirit of truth and the tree of knowledge of good and evil which represents the systems of man the government of man you know the, uh, the wisdom of man that is leading people into disaster we've got to come back and we've got to find God again the Holy Spirit will continually lead you he's going to lead you into all truth and in Romans 8.14 it says this For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. When you receive Christ into your life, you become a child of God. But when you allow the Spirit of God to lead you, you'll become a son of God. You'll grow up in the things of God. You'll become a mature man or a mature woman in God. This is what God wants for you. See, the Holy Spirit is at work and He's leading us today. You know, every day the Holy Spirit is speaking to His church and He's speaking to His sons and daughters and He's bringing life onto the inside of us. And sometimes the voices that shout at us are so loud. You know, the voice of fear, the voice of lack, the voice of, uh, you know, intimidation and persecution. These are the voices that can come against us people of conviction and, uh, and quality. But at the same time, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. I want you to know this morning, you are not going down. You are going up. You are on the way to a greater day. The Holy Spirit is leading you. You are becoming a son. You're becoming a daughter. You're becoming a quality believer. You are more than an ordinary believer. You're a breakthrough believer. You know, you are developing a character and a quality about your life because the Holy Spirit is involved in your life. This is great. Now, the Holy Spirit is leading you. He's going to lead you into the truth. He's going to lead you into sonship. Sometimes... Warning, warning. He leads you into testing and challenges. You know, the day that Jesus went down to the Jordan to be uh, baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit spoke. There was a voice from heaven. and It was the voice of the Father. Spoke, this is my beloved son. And it goes on to say uh, there that Jesus... Was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he was tested by the devil for 40 days. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he was tested by the devil for 40 days. Do you know what? There's a very real devil, and there's very real principalities and powers, and there's very real spirit forces at work in the nations. And here, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested. You know, you might be going through a bit of a testing this morning. You might be going through a struggle. I want to encourage you, don't quit. You might be right where God has led you to be. And I want you to know this, that every testing comes to an end. Here it says that he was led out into the wilderness, tested by the devil for 40 days. And at the end of that 40 days when Jesus passed the test, the devil departed from him. And it then said that Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit and news of him went all throughout the surrounding region. I want to say this this morning because the Holy Spirit is going to lead you ultimately into victorious and fruitful living. If you allow Him to lead and guide you, and you hang on to Him, you build a relationship with Him, you entwine your life around the Holy Spirit, you make Him part of your life, then He is going to lead you, He's going to guide you, and He's going to bring you to a a place of great victory. I want to speak to this over prophetically over the City Builders Church and everyone that is connected with us this morning. You are a victorious bunch of believers. You are unstoppable because the same spirit that led Jesus out into the wilderness and gave him victory over everything that the devil could throw him now lives on the inside of you and he is going to lead us in the same way. In fact, when we came into Gippsland uh, in 1985, thereabouts, the Lord gave us a verse. And he said, and it was this, it was 2 Corinthians 2.14. And he said, but thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph and through us spreads the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Hey, we have some opposition from time to time. We have some challenges. good. Bring it on! Who cares? Because God is in me, and He's leading me in triumphal procession. Amen. I tell you what—you're born to win, and the only way that you will really rise to be everything that you were called to be, you cannot do it in your own steam. You can cannot do it out of your own intellect. You cannot do it out of your own opinion but you must do it in the strength. There is a verse in Zechariah, I think it is, and it says, I think it's Zechariah 4.6, and it says, Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. This is how we are called to live our life. Number six this morning is, The Holy Spirit will anoint you for service. I want you to say that in, in your own mind, The Holy Spirit will anoint me for service. When Jesus returned uh, from the testing in the power of the Holy Spirit, the news of him went out throughout the surrounding region. This is Luke 4, 14. And then he stands up in the synagogue, Luke chapter 4, 18, and he begins to fulfill the prophecy that was in the book of Isaiah, written 600 years before about his own very self. And he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the city builder's Job description. Jesus said, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Now, the word anointing, it really means the supernatural divine enablement of the Holy Spirit. It is an enablement that comes from above. You know, when God asks you to do something, it's not always easy. In fact, sometimes it's just downright impossible. But whenever God asks you to do something, he makes an anointing available. It is the supernatural divine enablement that is going to empower you by the Holy Spirit to do the job, to do it well, to engage others and to win in the end. This is the Holy Spirit that we serve. He is indefeatable, he is indestructible And the church that embraces the call of God, the apostolic call from above, and and embraces the Spirit of God, will become an unstoppable force in the nations. It will. This is the church of the living God. The Holy Spirit will anoint you to service. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. I want you to know, The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you. Don't doubt yourself. Don't talk yourself down. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't don't quit when you come up against some hard things. Draw the anointing into your life. Wrap yourself in the anointing that God has given you. Draw the Holy Spirit more and more into the center of your being. In this way, you'll never fail. Do you know what? God is not going to let you fail. You and him are a majority. You know, David in the Old Testament, he said, I could run through a troop. I could break through a wall, you know, because he had a revelation of the greatness of our God. And this is how we're to live. In number seven, this morning. I wanted to think about, a. I just wanted to quote to you the words of a a, uh, song that we used to sing in church 35 years ago. When I first became a Christian, I was just a very young person in my 20s. And somehow the words of this song just got on the inside of me. I won't sing it for you. You're probably saying, thank God, but I will read you the words of the song. And it says, burn, burn, Holy Spirit, burn in me. Set my heart on fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Be my one desire. Make me like the Christ of old, healing and raising the dead. Give me the power that Jesus had through his blood that was shed. I just want to thank God that he's here in this room. He's here right now. And wherever you are right now, just bow your head. I'm just going to pray for you. In your own heart, just say these words, Holy Spirit, come in. Fill me. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Make me like the Christ of old. Healing and raising the dead. Give me the power that Jesus had through his blood that was shed. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for this great Holy Spirit that you've poured out on your church. Father, I thank you that we are experiencing in this season an incredible new Pentecost. You are doing something amazing in the globe. While the nations are in disruption, you are at work. Heavenly Father, we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you might like to put the video on pause and you might like to go away and uh, make yourself a cup of tea. And in just a moment, I'm going to introduce a friend of mine who has had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that is life-changing. Amen.